Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I'm your host, Matt Rogers. With me, as always, the man, Eli Adelman. Little bit different look yep. now. Yep, yep. I'm pumped. We are in the new Level Up studio brought to you by 10 Bears Productions. That's Eli's company. And so, dude, like, let's just let's get straight to it because why have we been gone so long? So many people. First of all, thank you to everybody who has been reaching out like, why don't you do your podcast anymore? Where's the show? Where's the show? Uh, dude, I wish I had uh, a precise answer for you. But right. the truth is, like, dude, life got in the way. Yep. Started football season with the Titans. Got super busy. Wife got pregnant. Baby number four came. And life happened. So you've been slacking off. I've been slacking off. But here's the good news is season one was a success. Yep. In every sense of the word. We we ended up getting guests that I that were on my wish list that we dreamed about. We had Super Bowl champions, we had Olympic gold medalists, we had cancer survivors. Yeah. We had TV show hosts, we had Grammy winners, we had country music art. Like we had everything. Everything, bro. Men of faith, women of faith. Like Yeah, we were really blessed with some amazing guests. We really they, really were. Who helped us level up, man? There was so, I mean, we had so many conversations after that uh, I got switched cameras when I'm talking. Uh, so many, we had so many conversations after episodes, like, dude, that was like such a blessing, or that's so eye opening, or you know, it was great. So, and everyone always asks, Who's Eli? What does Eli do dude, now? Look at there, he is. I am. There he is here I am. with his 10 Bears production now, hat, you know. So, listen, season two is going to officially release on Wednesday, August 6th. Yep. Correct. No, August 3rd. 3rd, 3rd, yeah. So, season two is officially going to release on Wednesday, August 3rd. Yep. Our guests are also going to be phenomenal. I could just tell you a little teaser. Uh, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, Brian Urlacher yep. is going to be coming on. Um, UFC founder, Dana White, is going to be with us. Wow. Like. God's really blessed Bro. us with some cool people. You thought season one was good. You thought season one was good. Wait till you see season two. <laughs> Buckle up. So this is kind of like a state of the union catching everybody up. Um, I'm thinking this episode will probably go between 40 minutes and an hour. It's you and me. Yep. We're going to talk about life. What has happened over the last nine months? Yeah. Because honestly, like it hasn't been pretty. Uh, I told you, wife, uh, we were finally blessed with baby number four. And I was looking back and I was listening to a lot of our past episodes. Yeah. And in a challenging way, I feel like for me, like my life kind of went backwards. Like, have you ever felt like your life went backwards when you really planned and you thought it was going to go forward? You're not alone. I really feel like that happened to me over the last eight months. Um, we had, you know, been very open with it. We have three beautiful kids. To our two youngest were born with a rare genetic disease, cystic fibrosis. Mason has been healed of that. Sam is currently still battling through that and getting better and better every day. Yep. And I always say, if God did it for Mason, he'll do it for Sam. Wife and I move on faith. We had my wife on there, back-to-back podcast. Yeah. Talked about her overcoming drug addiction. If you didn't hear that, you got to listen to my wife's episode last year. Uh, I think it was called Faith Through the Fire. Yeah. Terry talked about when we met, overcoming drug addiction, giving our heart to the Lord, life changing, and then we get married, life's perfect, and then we have kids, and they have, you know, disease diagnosis. So we thought it'd be a great idea because, you know, life has been so great to move forward in faith again at 43 years old, yeah, white beard and all. (laughs) To have another baby. Is he the dad? Is he the grandpa? (laughs) Exactly. Like we were talking like our oldest Brayden, if he got married and had a kid at like 25, like his kid would be like a 10-year-old uncle. 
like right. which happens all the time. But I don't know for us, it was kind of cool. But yeah, we did have a beautiful baby girl, yeah. Brooklyn Joy Rogers. She is gorgeous. Thank you, my friend. Love the picture. She's chubby, just like her daddy. <laughs> um, she was born on April twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. Yep. Uh, four days after that, my wife literally almost died. We'll talk about that in a second. And then. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but about a week and a half after that, Brooklyn was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis as well. Yeah. yeah. Very, very tough. Yeah. Especially when you get a promise from God, which Terry and I did, that you're going to have another baby girl and she will be the joy of your life. Right. Which is why we called her Brooklyn Joy Rogers. Yeah. So you have this promise from God. The baby comes. Everything comes to fruition. Four days later, my wife almost dies. And then about a week later, we get the diagnosis. And yeah. I straight up asked God, like, Thought you said this was going to be the joy of our life. Right. And this feels like anything but joy. Yep. yep. It's a struggle. It's a fight. And she's two months old now. She's beautiful. But, like, dude, it's it's a daily battle. And it's discouraging because we really, really felt like this time, like, we were going to get a victory yeah. in every sense. Like, you know, no diagnosis. Because the bottom line is, that, and I know she'll be fine, and I know God's going to take care of her like, you know, he always has in the past. But like, dude, she's already been in the hospital for a week. Right. And my other two kids had never been in the hospital. Right. And she, um, like, dude, my wife has to battle insurance companies and get medicines and do freaking breathing treatments. Like, dude, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember we, we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this and how when your first, or I guess your second son, how are we dropping names here? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second son, Mason. Mason. Uh, when he was diagnosed, you went to the CF. It was what was it like a the foundation? Yeah, or it was was it like a meeting or? Yep, yeah, meeting two thousand eight. You, you talked about meeting a family that had three. They were the triplets. Yep, and you're like, bro, no way I could ever do that. Have three kids with CF, and it's crazy. It's just amazing to watch like your faith build through the years to to where you are now, where it's like, okay, we got this. You yeah. know, so. but it's like I mean, like it's like this weird conundrum, or you know. I don't know the right word, if you will. It's like, I can't believe I'm 43. Yep. I have four kids now and three of them have a CF diagnosis. And to be honest with you, like I, I almost can't even really say that about Mason because like, right. It's really been a mer medical miracle and his salt level is normal. The kid doesn't even do breathing treatments anymore. Amazing. He's in his first year of freshman football. He loves oh. it. He's killing it. He's a great kicker and That's he's awesome. a wide receiver. Like it's crazy. If you would have told go back to 2008 when he was born and you would have told the whatever 29 year old me right that this is going to be mason it would have been a huge stretch of faith but right. like isn't god awesome and right isn't that what we're called to fight like we're called to fight the good fight of faith right like and your faith man and now have you experienced it with mason and it's like sam that's you know we're believing that for her and, and she's right down the road from that and even brooklyn too it's like why not right so and here's the thing, and here's what I want to challenge people, you know, especially believers. Like, I feel like a lot of times Jesus is preached and we believe, like, invite Jesus into your heart and into your life so you could have a better one or an easier one. Almost kind of like right. he's a genie in a bottle. Right. Get Jesus into your life and everything will be perfect. And then life happens. You know, you still get broken ankles. You still get car accidents. Mm -hmm. You still experience everything that non-believers face right. and experience and then you kind of sit back and wonder well, like well where's god i thought this was supposed to be good and then people look back it's like nah i tried the jesus thing i tried the god thing didn't right. really work out for me and right. nothing really changed right. and 
I just want to challenge you, like, you know, being a believer doesn't make you immune to life. Um, it just gives you power and authority over it. Yeah. Like you're yeah. a lot of times circumstances don't change up front. But when you're in that battle of faith, you live with a different perspective and you have authority over circumstances and situations yeah. and they change. And that's, you know, that's the way that Terry and I live. But like, dude, we still go through it. Like, yeah, she's not living on, you know, walking on sunshine right now or living on cloud nine like most right. moms. You know what I mean? Like newborn moms, I would say. Right. Um, she's OK. But if I'm keeping it real, like she's not freaking great. Right. You know, like you're 43, but health wise, she's doing fine. I'll talk about what happened there in two seconds. But like, you know, she still has to do breathing treatments and be on the phone with freaking insurance companies. Right. And battle that stuff like that ain't fun. Right. And you got to go through and you got to do life. But it's um like, honestly, like I pray for people all the time and I know our situation is getting better and changing all the time. But yeah. like, dude, prayer matters. Keep yeah. us in prayer. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Like your prayers are needed. Your prayers mattered. Like reach out, tell someone you love them. Tell someone you're praying for them. Tell someone you're believing in them. Yep. Like one thing that I hate is that the whole thoughts and prayers thing has now been so watered down to where people are like, oh, thoughts and prayers suck. You're an idiot. It's like, right. no, dude, they don't. Right, right. Like it's sincere. And, you know, like, oh, you just think thoughts and prayers are the soft, you know, the, the, uh, the can solve any problem. It's like, it's, it's not about that. Yeah, it's I mean, about we're supposed to be encouraging, man. Yeah, you know, like like that's what the heart of it is. And then beyond that, there's supernatural power to it. Totally. Like, so yeah, like I always think about like, and you know, for those of you who don't know, like, yes, I'm a believer uh, in Jesus. I'm a yeah. disciple of Jesus, and here's why: I lived part of my life uh, doubting and not believing, and it wasn't great. And I lived the other half of my life believing, and things changed. And like, I'm a guy of results. Yeah. Like it's not for me. It's not blind faith. Like I've already seen too much. Yeah. Like. I know the sun's hot because I felt it and I see it. Right. Like I know, you know, water's cold because I drink it. Like I know Jesus is real because I've seen him. Yep. I felt him. I've heard him. Yep. And that actually got me a lot of flack when I was on dropping bombs with Brad Lee. Oh, really? Because I said, you know, God spoke to me. Yeah. And kind of like that whole Joy Behar thing a couple of years ago when Pence right. said, you know, God right. spoke to me. I got a lot of that from the haters. Like, why does God speak to you? And who do you think God, you know, oh, you're so special. God speaks. He's like, dude, no, he speaks to all of us. Yeah, he's got to listen. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, your prayer shouldn't be a monologue. It should be a dialogue. And I didn't know that. I didn't pray like that two years or 15 years ago. Um, I would always pray that, you know, over my food and, you know, and God bless my kids. And it's not almost kind of like I was begging him for it to do something and wondering if he really will or not. Right. Dude, my prayer life's totally different now. I talk to him like I talk to you. So good. And like, do I hear an audible voice back to me? Some, I, no. Right. I've heard an audible voice from God two times. Um, one time he actually saved my life. I was about to run through a green light and believe me, not believe me. I don't care. It happened. I'm going through my green light and I heard a voice yell, stop. Dude. And it scared the crowd. Of me. I slammed my brake on and zoom, a car freaking ran a red light, bro. That's it wild. happened. That's wild. Now the pessimist will say, "Well, why did that happen to you and not the other, you know, million people that died in a car accident?" I don't know. Right. I just know it happened to me. Yeah. I also don't know why your kids don't have a diagnosis and mine do. Like we could play it both ways. Yep. Yep. 100%. I don't know. I just trust them and I believe and I've seen. Yeah. So, I think it's cool though that 
the, the only question the disciples really asked Jesus is how do we do that? How do we pray like you pray? And he said, you pray on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And Psalm 116 says, I prayed to you and you inclined your ear to me. You heard me. Like that fires me up that there is a creator of the universe, a God that actually listens to me, that hears me. Like all of us just want to be heard. That's yeah. why we have podcasts. Right. That's why we make Facebook lives. That's why we post. Yep. We want to be heard. And the, the thought of the creator of the universe hears me, inclines his ears to me and answers me like that doesn't make me nervous. And I hope I get everything right to please God. It makes me like run to my daddy when I'm hurting. Yeah. Totally different perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like if you're, if you know that the creator of the universe is listening and wants relationship and is, is there to, to support you, you know, in a yeah. way that we've never felt before. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. I mean, dude, like there's so many people, believer and non-believer, Christian, atheist, so many people are freaking hurting right now yeah. and they want to feel validated. They want to feel heard. And I just want to tell people, I want to challenge you out there. Like God loves you and God hears you and God is talking to you and get alone with him. Not just say a prayer before you eat or before you go to bed. Like, dude, carve out 20 minutes before you face your day. Wake up 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. Get in the closet. I love to sit on my back patio and just sit there. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to pray. Just say this, God, I don't know how to pray. I just want to talk to you and I want to know that you're real. I don't, you know, help me with this. Like just, dude, he's a good father. Watch yeah. what happens. Yeah. Your life will change. Yeah. It really will. Yep. Cause that's what happened to me on April 10th, 2010. Mason had been sick for two years. My mom had passed away, which was the greatest source of encouragement in my life. And I asked God, I got alone with him and this, and I, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus at five years old in sister Coleman's class for a piece of butterscotch candy. Yeah. So I had been a Christian my whole life, but dude, I never talked to God. Right. I prayed, but I didn't talk to God. Yeah. I prayed, but I didn't hear God. I went to church, but I didn't really feel anything or do anything. Like I was just being a good boy. But on April 10th, dude, 2010. Yep. Um, I got alone with God and I asked him real questions. Why did you say by your stripes we're healed only have my kids sick? Why did you say you'd comfort us and I'm my heart's broken because my mom passed away? Why? And I asked him, why did you say these things and I'm not experiencing these things? Here's what he said to me. He goes, you're basing my character and nature off of the loss of your mom and what you haven't experienced instead of through the life of my son and what he's accomplished. Dude. Basically, get your eyes off of your mom who didn't make it your circumstances that aren't good and put your eyes on Jesus. Yep. Like, I think it's cool that when Peter was walking on water, he took his eyes off Jesus and that's when he started to sink. Right. But even when he started to sink, he cried out, Lord, help me save me. And of course, yeah. Jesus saved him. Yeah. But the point is like, you can do impossible things when your eyes are on Jesus. In yep. case in point, my oldest son doesn't do breathing treatments anymore. doesn't do stuff. Then back to my wife. So baby was born on April 12th. Everything was great. You know, there's, and it was a natural birth, baby number four, Terry, like it was really, really a good pregnancy, a good birth. Right. Everything was great. Right. And at that time we didn't have, we didn't know a diagnosis or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And you know, the whole time they're like, well, you know, you're 43 now. So you're a geriatric pregnancy and you're this, <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> it, like sometimes I'd walk into the doctor. It's like, dude, stop looking at us. Like we're freaking 90 years old. Right. Like the baby's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, 
but so you got to sometimes know who you are in your situation, when yeah. you, you know, so you could speak to these doctors. So anyway, everything was perfect. Have the baby, release her to the hospital the next day. She comes home, boy, baby born April 12th. Terry comes home on April 13th. Yep. And um, you know how they send you home because like bleeding will happen for the next, you yeah. know, whatever, five to six weeks. Yep. She wasn't bleeding that much. And we're like, this is great. Right, like, right. You know, and everything's fine. So that was on a, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday she was born, whatever it is, April 12th, 2022. Yeah. Um. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, dude, she's up doing dishes, everyone. I'm putting her on my Insta story, and everyone's like, man, she's doing great. I right. can't believe it. Why is everything great? And then it was Sunday, Easter Sunday, right. April 17th, 2022. I hear that that different voice from my wife. Yeah. You know it's different. Matt, come here. It's, it's different. Right. It's not like, get in here. Why didn't you pick up your shirt? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. different. And I ran back there, and I don't want to get too graphic, but I'll just say that she's bleeding a lot. Yeah. Not normal, especially because yeah. we hadn't seen it in four days. And Right. Um, one of the last episodes we had, in fact, I think it was our last episode, Don Perone from yeah. season one. Was that the last one? Yep. Yeah, that's the last one. She's a nurse. She's our neighbor. My first phone call was to Miss Don. Miss Don comes over. She starts taking care of Terry, and she looks at me, and Don goes, she, she's got to go in. I don't know what's wrong with her. Something's wrong. Right. And I said, okay. And I go, all right, Terry, you're going to get in with Dawn and she's going to take you. And my wife doesn't do ambulance and all that stuff. Dude, Terry looked at me. She goes, I ain't going to make it. You need to call 911. Golly. That was different. Yeah. I called 911. So that she was in our master bathroom. Yeah. I left. I go in the front room, call 911. I was only on the phone with them for like two minutes. They're on their way. I walk back in our room. Terry is laying on the bed with the covers over her as white as the bed sheets, as white as this sheet of paper. Wow. White. Shaking so bad that my oldest son, Braden, looks at her and looks at me and goes, Dad, is mom having a seizure? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I said, just pray. Just pray. Yeah. And she's doing this. What's happening to me? It was, Bro. dude, it was bad, bad. I'd never seen my wife like that yeah. in my life. And I look at Dawn, and Dawn looks at me. She goes, where? are they? I go, I don't like, I just talked to them two minutes ago and I'm standing over my wife and Don's got the little pole socks on her. And she looks at me and she's got her blood pressure. She goes, dude, her blood pressure is hundred over 60. Like not great. Yeah. And then I watched the little finger oxygen thing. Yeah. Dude, no joke. Go 97, 96, 95, right. 94, 93, 92, 91, 89, 87 that fast that's that's scary man and dude it came over me and my conscious god whatever it was i'm not going to say thus says the lord on this one but in my spirit i heard are you just going to stand there and watch your wife die mm. and dude it the whole it, it the spirit of god came over me dude i took my hand i slammed it on cherry's terry's chest I said, in the name of Jesus, I command your oxygen to come. And I just start going for it. Yeah. Dude, her oxygen goes 87, 88, Dude. 89, Bro. 90, 91. Like, I saw that. It happened. And Dawn looks at me and she goes, keep doing that. Keep doing that. <laughs> and I'm just praying. Braden's praying. And then long story short, the ambulance comes. She gets in the ambulance. Her blood pressure was at like 130 over 70. It's back up. 
um, oxygen back up. She went in. We found out that she had a six centimeter blood clot in her uterus that wasn't passing, Bro. which I guess is like fairly common. Really? Like not, I don't know if it's common is the right word, but dude, you know, it's like you go through something and everyone's right. like, oh, that happened to my aunt, right, my right, wife. Right, right. We probably had like 10 people say, That's wild. yeah, like, oh, that happened to us. Do people like, do their blood pressure drop like that? And I have no does idea. Does that always happen with that? Or I don't that- know. Like, I, I think, I think when this is what I think, I don't know. I think that when my wife saw the blood, okay. she freaked out. Yeah. yeah. And I think anxiety definitely took over, but there's also something that was naturally happening that like, dude, she was not well. Right. I don't know if she sent herself into shock. Right. Or her body went into shock, but dude, she was, I think she was in shock because she was in white. Right. But bro, straight up, she was dying. Man. Like, and I'll never forget, um, it was 2004. Um, I watched my grandma pass away. I was in the hospital when she did. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I watched my grandma go from kind of like a normal body. And she was in the hospital, so her color wasn't great. Right. But, dude, when she passed away, I watched her freaking color, almost like a chameleon. Were you in the room? In the room. Okay. I watched my my grandma's complexion, no joke, go from like normal skin color. And then she <sighs> took her last breath. And she turned like white gray. That's wild. And it man. tripped me out. Like yeah. I was like, Yeah. Dude, that that's not cool. Yeah. Dude, I was watching my wife do the same thing. That's wild, man. And that's when it's like you just gonna stand there and watch your wife die. Yeah. Well, dude, I ain't a freaking doctor, but dude, I do carry the Holy Spirit yeah. and I have seen him work and I do believe. Yeah. And once again, he did. And uh Dude, honestly, like God saved her life. And then she went in and she had had to end up having a, what's called a DNC. I don't know what it yeah. stands for, but they go in the vacuum and yep. suck out the blood clot. She was only under for like 20 minutes. They did. Everything was great. I believe 100% that um, God uses doctors and medicine. Like, dude, at the end of the day, God wants you well. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah what I mean, yeah. yep. And my wife got well and she's dude. here and she's fine and she's great. Dude, and, and how awesome for Braden to be in the room, like, while you're doing that and, totally. and him experiencing that. We're like, what a, a way to build his faith and mm-hmm. see that, you know, you as a man over your house praying over your wife. And that's powerful, man. Dude, there's something powerful, I think, about a man mm-hmm. having spiritual authority. Because mm-hmm. we always, like most of us, when we think of a good Christian warrior, we think of a woman, our mom, right? our grandma. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. For me, it was my mom. Yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. my my dad was awesome. He's a believer. We had him on the podcast. I mean, yeah. dude, great, great man. But my mom was the spiritual warrior. Right. My mom was the one yep. every morning. If you had a sleepover at my house, people would wake up, be like, dude, what's that noise? You hear like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, bro, just go back to sleep. It's my mom praying. <laughs> my mom's going for it. Don't worry. <laughs> but like for me. I took on that role in my house. I think there's something really cool about your sons watching their dads submit to God. Yep. Close their eyes in church, raise their hands during worship. Not in a fake yep. way, but in a like a, yeah. a reverent holy way. Yeah. Like I love you, God. Yep. One of my favorite songs right now is All my life you have been faithful. Uh, yeah. yeah. All my life you have been so so good. I can't not cry. Dude during worship when that comes yeah. on and I, I love worshiping God. And I love the idea that my sons are watching me worship God. Yeah. 
because I think, I don't know, but I think it's doing something inside of them that yeah. they do. They're going to remember when they're 30 or 40. Yeah. You know, and hopefully it's like, I saw dad do that. And that's what I'm going to do when I'm a husband. And yeah. Have kids and, stuff. and it makes it okay for them too. Cause they're, you know, I think so many people are like embarrassed to worship or like, it's like, no, if your dad's doing it, you know, your dad's leading by example, there's, there's a lot of power to that. So. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. And I don't ever like try or force like, dude, sometimes I just worship like this. Yeah. That's okay. Know? And, but dude, sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> ugly cry. And, but dude, it, this is why worship is, in my opinion, very important because when someone has an anointing as a worship leader, mm-hmm. dude, it changes the freaking environment. Yep. And I've been in services where, you know, people have had good hearts and they're singing to God and you reverence God, but they don't got that freaking juice and that anointing. Yeah. There's a difference. Yep. Um, so all the worship leaders out there, God yeah. bless you guys. That's right. Carry the anointing. Don't worry about the performance and don't worry about yeah. how you sound. Like yeah. sing to God. Because yeah. for me, some of my best worship experiences in church is the singer wasn't great, but the anointing was thick. Yep. You know? Um, and when that stuff happened with Terry, though, the other thing, like the, the flip side of that is Sam, our baby, you know, or not our baby girl anymore, but our, yeah. our girl. Yeah. She's seven. She's outside playing with a friend. She hears the ambulance come. She starts freaking out because, like, dude, she's a baby girl. Did like, she know what was going on at all? No or? idea. No idea. Okay, so the ambulance just shows up. Yep. yep. Ambulance shows up. She runs in screaming, what's going on? And, dude, this first time I've ever got real with this, my daughter. And I grabbed her because normally my daughter's crying. I'm like, oh, baby, it's okay. Kiss right, her. Right. I'm like, it's going to be okay. Mommy's okay. Yeah. I didn't do that because mommy wasn't okay. Right. And I got real with her, dude, and I grabbed her by the face. And I said, listen to me. Now's not the time to cry. Mommy's in trouble, and you need to pray for mommy because God's going to heal her. Pray for mom. Dude. And she goes, eh, okay. And, dude, dude, it was weird. Like, yeah. I'd never done that with her yeah, before. Yeah. Like, I was just straight up. Yep. Because you, you have all these thoughts like, you know, what if she dies, this and that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it was weird. It's scary when your wife goes through stuff. Like when we we so we, our first pregnancy, we actually had a mis- miscarriage. Dude, I did not know that. Yeah, and and it was it was a, it's called a blighted ovum, ovum. So like I guess what happens is there's not actually a baby that grows. Your body just thinks you're pregnant. Um, but what happened was when I think it was when Liz was like she went through labor and everything, and she passed out, and it was like. It happened a couple times. Hold on. Is she in labor because you think you're having a baby? Like, is she nine months pregnant? No, no, no. This is like after like, like her body thinks it's like, it is pregnant, but it isn't like, there's no, there's no embryo. Yeah. I yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that whole situation was like just covered in the Lord, like from insurance, yeah. all these things. But like, it was wild. But yeah, it's, it's like when your wife's going through trouble, it's like, oh man, like she's, you know, Liz is an incredibly strong person. But when you see her like weak and vulnerable, it's like, man. It's it's scary. It's and, totally scary. And it definitely brings you to that place where like all you can do is cry to the Lord. So and that's all, that's all you know how to do, right? Like yeah. that's why I don't. I and I we've all said this. Like I don't know how people do it without God. Yeah, I don't know how people. I, I really don't like. Yeah, He's the only thing that gives me this much hope. Yeah, or this much hope. Or now, like in that my faith walk, I have. Yeah, this much. Like yeah. I'm constantly living. Like it's just, it's building. The longer you walk with him, the more you trust him. Yep. And sometimes things don't get easy. Like life still happens, but dude, you you trust him. You yeah. trust him different. And 
different things happen. Yeah. Um, dude, that's crazy. I did not know that about Liz. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and that's how she, this, I mean, goes into a whole other thing, but like she, after that, she found out she had like hypothyroid and that kind of was like a whole other health journey and all that stuff, which has been. Now, was that because you have two beautiful kids now? Yeah. Is that before them? Yeah. In the middle or after? That was the first, so the first pregnancy was that. Did she ever think like, well, maybe kids aren't in the card for us and maybe we won't like, did she ever go to that doubt No, we didn't really go to that. There's definitely like when we were pregnant for the second time with our son, Elliot, there was that like until I guess like a few ultrasounds, there was like, okay, so what's like, are we good? Are we sure we're good? Yeah. Um, But I don't think there was that fear because we both really have always believed the Lord has had that for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's cool. Like when, cause you believe that cause you probably heard that in your spirit or something. Right. Right. hundred right. percent. So, and doesn't it suck? Like I always tell this to believers, especially like the devil can't steal your soul. Yep. Like he can't steal your salvation. Mm-hmm. Like you're in, you didn't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to lose it type thing, you know, yeah. which well, that's a different conversation, but, <laughs> but the devil can't steal your salvation. But what he can do is he can steal your faith. Yeah which is why we're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. Like, dude, I'm not called to fight cancer, cystic fibrosis, depression, addiction. I'm called to fight the good fight of faith. My faith matters. And isn't it crazy how people who are in faith don't quit? Right. And when you don't quit, you never know what's on the other side, which is why I get so sad about, you know, suicide. Mm -hmm. I believe it's one of the biggest lies on the planet because people think they're taking something that's theirs. Yeah. Yep. And it's not yours. You were created in his image yep. and it's his plan for your life. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? Like, dude, you don't hear about people quitting when they're in victory. They right. quit when they think there's nothing else. And that's why the devil's such a liar is he yeah. makes you believe that this is it. This is your lot in life. You're not going to have kids. You're not going to get better. You're not going to stop drinking. You're not going to stop smoking or using whatever it is. And he makes you think like, that's who you are when that's a lie. That's not the truth. And if you don't quit and you keep moving forward, you never know what tomorrow holds. Right. It takes one day for your life to change. That's so true, man. I remember this is kind of, I don't know maybe a little premature to say this talk like this, but like I remember when we first started season one and we came up with the questions and like one of the questions is like, you know, do you remember, was there a moment in time when your life changed? And I remember thinking, cause like my, my work career has been in music and as a, a drummer and a struggling drummer. Um, and so like, I've gotten some really cool opportunities, but just having them consistently is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I remember starting the podcast and like producing podcasts and be like, man, I wonder if this is that moment for me, <laughs> you know, like coming up with that question. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that, and it's like, it's been really cool to watch this past, was it been a year? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, well, it's been over a year now. We went, yeah. But we went from being in your fifth wheel with like one camera to like having a studio in my garage. And it's like, that's it, been growing like incredibly. So, well, I mean, people always ask, you know, what's the hardest part about starting a podcast is, Hitting record and start talking. Yeah. That's think, the hardest part. I think it's anything, man. Like anything. Like, how about for you? Like, cause you, last year you started a restaurant. You had a, well, I guess you had a baby this year, but mm-hmm. like you found that out but last we year. We started yeah. out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, keep it PG, Matt. No. I know, right? Um, but like, what, in all those things, like, was there ever a time where, like, man, I don't know, like with the restaurant, were you ever like, 
I don't know if this is the best choice or you're just like, yeah, man, I'm going for it. Dude, the restaurant is actually, which by the way, Rock and Roll Sushi, Clarksville, Tennessee. It's a franchise. We're store number like 58 or something. Uh, try Rock and Roll Sushi. It's yeah. awesome and it's blowing up. Your store 58 is the franchise, but you're top 10, right? In the We're top 10 every month. Like, dude, it's been like, I have two great partners, Brad a Holler, Brian Roberts. Like, I prayed about this before I went forward. Mm -hmm. And this is why it says, um, trust in Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding yep. in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What does that mean? In all your ways, in all of your opportunities, that's mm -hmm. the root word that mm -hmm. what it means in the Greek In all of your opportunities, acknowledge him. The root word for acknowledge is experience, experience him and he'll direct your path. So when it came yep. to the restaurant, dude, I got along with God. Yeah. Do you want me to do this restaurant? Like, and then there was like this religious side, which I don't want to get like, you know, rock and roll music. And like, you know, is God really happy that I'm playing Nirvana and Guns N' Roses? And, right. you know, and there's alcohol in there and this and that. Like, dude, for me, it, God spoke to me and told yeah. me, take care of this, 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 and this, which yep. here's what I'm just going to be honest with yep. you. He said, take care of Heartland Payroll. Yep. Number one. Your podcast and your clothing line bring yep. heaven. Take care of those three things, and I'll bless your restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I remember having that conversation right before you opened. Yeah, last year. So I yeah. had peace about moving forward with the restaurant. Here's what I'll tell you about the restaurant, dude. Like, dude, we still have problems. Employees are you know crazy and this and that, like drama yeah. and gossip yeah. and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That stuff still happens. But dude, I firmly believe because I'm experiencing it that God has a supernatural hand on our restaurant because in the midst of that, dude, I'm helping certain employees yeah. with their mental health yep. and with their addiction yeah. and with stuff like it's almost kind of like a ministry, but you still have to run a business. Right. Um, I love it, dude. Yeah. And we're profitable right off the bat so and good. things like our hat, like dude, it's, it's phenomenal. And the concept of rock and roll sushi, like, dude, it just works. Yeah. Like it's plug and play. That's awesome. I don't have to reinvent. Like, dude, I don't know that much about sushi other than I freaking like it. Right. <laughs> you know, but I know about business and I know about people. Yeah. And for me, like, dude, that's my jam. Yeah. And it's, it's been awesome. So for me, I really haven't had that, you know, Oh ish moment for right. the restaurant, but I've, um, dude, the, the, the points where I have, the oh crap did I screw up moment is when I really never felt the peace of God and I went through with it anyway. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that's when I'm like, shoot, did I mess up? Did I really not hear God on this one? Did I miss God on this one? Right. Um, and that's why it says, you know, in all your ways, you like acknowledge it, ask God. Like for me, I make decisions based off of, does it give me peace or does it make me feel pressure? Yeah. If it makes me feel pressure, yeah. I don't do it. Yep. And here's a word for those of you serving in church. If you're feeling pressure serving in church, that ain't God. I don't care if it has God wrapped around in the name or you're in the church. Like, dude, serving God, serving in your church, pressure should never be attached to it. Yeah, It should give you peace. Like, dude, he is soft like a shepherd. The yep. spirit of God it leads me. It doesn't push me. Yeah. And there's so many pastors and people out there, you know, not mine. I love the church I go to. Right. They push. Right. You need, you know, well, you're doing it for God and this and right. that. It's like, and they guilt people into doing this. It's like, and it makes them be like, 
I don't really want to do this, but I don't want to make God mad, so I'll right. do it. And they're worshiping like this, and or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's do you think common? That, do you think that means so? I'm kind of going through it in my head. Do you think that that means that things aren't challenging at times? Like, is is peace and can peace and challenge coexist? What a freaking great question. And the answer is absolutely right. Peace and challenge opposition. Like, dude, you don't think David felt um, a challenge when freaking Goliath standing in front of him. Right. Or when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are about to get thrown in the fire or Daniel's about to get thrown in the lines. And like, dude, we read the story because yeah. we know the ending and it's like, and God shut the mouth of the lion. Right. And Daniel slept in the lion's den. It's like, <laughs> Dude, like that really happened, but the dude had integrity. Yep, and he knew in his heart, God's gonna take care of me, dude. Yep. And, and here's the key factor that a lot of us miss it on is this part. And even if he doesn't, yeah, I'm still gonna trust him. Yeah, yep. Even if he doesn't, yeah, I'm still like I, I don't know the exact verse, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, "You can throw us in the fire." I think they said like, you know, we're not gonna burn. Because God will protect us or whatever. Right. But even if he doesn't, yep. I'm not bowing to you. Yeah. And I think that's where, because we, we're supposed to, you know, the first prerequisite for following Christ is deny yourself, mm-hmm. take up your cross and follow him. So like, dude, even if he doesn't, I'm still going to follow you. Yeah. So to your question, can you feel peace and a challenge at the same time, absolutely, because life is behind the challenge, but you face it differently. First of all, here would be my key points. If you know that's the calling on your life and God told you to do that, the challenge ain't going to matter. Yep. The obstacle ain't going to matter. You expect it to come. It says the weapons formed against you will not prosper. It doesn't say there's not going to be any weapons formed against you. Yep. When you know this is God's calling on your life, if you know God told you to have that business, if you know God told you to have another baby, if you know God told you this is the relationship I want you in, this is the restaurant I want you to start, this is the podcast I want you to do, and the guy I want you to do it with. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, like we've still had days where things just didn't work. Right. But you and it sucks right and you get frustrated sometimes but like dude at the end of the day i know this is what god has for me so i'm gonna keep moving forward yeah and it gives you more faith because you move on faith that this is what god has for me so but when it comes to like going back to serving in the church like dude if if god put a need on your heart to work with kids in the kids ministry um I want to work with kids. I'm good with kids. God laid that on my heart. I really want to impact these kids. And I really want to help my church out because I know they need it. Yeah. Because I know that most churches out there need help in the kids department. Right. Um, It's a nice gesture to help out in the kids department because your church needs it. But when it starts to burden your personal life and steal your joy and peace, that's not God. Yeah. Even if your pastor's telling you you're doing it for God. Right. Like, and, and for me, like people always ask me, well, why haven't you become a pastor? Why don't you travel more and evangelize this and that? Because dude, it's this simple. Seven years ago, I really started to do a lot in the ministry and travel. And God spoke to me in the shower and he said, I don't need another minister with a broken family. Mm. 
I need you to be a father first. That's good. So I take vacations in the summer with my kids and I tell a ton of churches I can't preach. Yep. And it's like, well, you're missing out on ministering the gospel to God. Like I'm ministering the gospel to my family. Like, yeah. The one that I'm a dad first. first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Getting your first ministry in line. And then, yeah, totally. That's because I mean, I, how many, you know, moral failures have we seen in the church over the past 10, 15, 20 years? Exactly. Like, and it's just because of that stuff. People are putting the church before their own family and it's, it's not good. It sucks. Like yeah. I, your family is not designed. Sorry. And I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback for this, but dude, your family was not designed for you to be absent 60 to 80 hours a week. Right. All for the cause of God's church. Like yeah. God, God doesn't want you to build his church and lose your family. Yep. Strengthen your family so that you can be so solid and you can build a church with a strong family. Cause I think it's so much more attractive for people when they see that the pastors actually have a solid family. And I'm not going to say that life still doesn't happen and kids still don't do stupid things and this and that. Like, dude, that just happens. We've heard, the right. term, you know, I'm a PK right. pastor's kid, right, right. which means I'm going to screw up a lot. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that. But at the same time, like, dude, pastor's kids are still kids. Yeah. And they still make stupid decisions, just like your 13-year-old made a stupid decision, and mine makes stupid decisions. Right, right. So, you, again, you're not immune to that, but the point is, when you put pressure on the family and pressure on your marriage and your relationship, all for the cause of God, I don't personally believe that that's God. Yeah. I don't believe God adds pressure on you to build his kingdom. He leads you softly and peacefully like a shepherd and through his Holy spirit, people are going to show up. You're going to carry an anointing and God's going to blow up your church, yeah. not you and your hard work. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean to sit on your couch and pray for people to show up because God's going to take care of it. No, dude, you still got to do the freaking work. Right. And you're still going to have hard days, but dude, when it becomes a grind and pressure all the time, yeah, that ain't God. hundred percent for me and like why do you have that stereotype of pastor's kids that are always messing up and whatever it's because the their pastor dad's not spending time with them you know absolutely where that comes from so and i and dude for me i still have to constantly remind myself too because dude i love helping people yeah like dude i love taking hopeless people and giving them hope and watching god show up and i love when he uses me for that yeah and it's more and more like dude it it gets me going because dude the truth is like i I don't know how to really explain it. Cause like, I know I'm having impact on my kids and my sons, mm -hmm. but like my sons don't get as excited of, as me preaching to them like strangers do. Yeah. So if you're, if you get fueled through your good message and people patting you on the back and you, if, if your desire is the ministry and the results and the way it makes you feel, you're going to want to gravitate more towards that. Right. When I lay hands on people and God uses me, to pray a prayer of salvation or pray a prayer of healing or whatever it is, restoration. Yeah. And I see it like, dude, that feels really cool and really good. And it's fun. Yeah. Like, dude, ministry is so freaking fun for me. Like if it was just up to me, I would do it all the time. Yeah. But if, if I got, if my identity was wrapped up in that, right. then I would do that. And my family would go down and down and down and down. And then my kids would look at me like, like a lot of people, like, you know, well, I, my dad was a Christian his whole life, but he was a freaking crappy father. Right. So I don't really believe in all that. Like, that's cool that you're laying hands on people and they think they're getting healed and they think all this stuff. But like, dude, where, how come it never happened for me? Right. 
I don't want that to happen. Yep. I'm going to be a good dad to my kids. It's so good. Because that has a struggle in itself. Yeah. And I still have to be a dad and I still have to go through crap. Like, yeah. that's first. Yep. God first, not church. God first, family second, everything else. Yep. And by everything else, sorry, church. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're, you're, your barometer for loving God and loving people is not your church attendance. Yeah, that's good. You know? Yeah. Your church building ain't going to heaven. Yep. That's so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your kids are. That's so good, man. Your family is. And again, you and I, we're not dogging the church because we both go. Right. And we're both involved. We go to like three churches every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like we do it. It's just I know that there's so many people out there that either A, are the ones pressuring people or B, are the ones feeling pressure. And dude, let's switch it up. Let's level up. Like, Ooh. let's let's do things the right way because dude, God will build it. Yeah. He'll use you. He can't, you know, I'm going to offend even some more people. God can't build the church by himself. Yeah. God didn't part the Red Sea by himself. He used Moses. Yep. Like God's using you to build the church. Like God needs people yeah. to carry out his will, which is why we submit to him. And he does that. Like God's going to do what God's going to do. But isn't it funny how he always uses people? Right. Like. Right. There's, and he loves it. Yeah. And if it ain't you, he'll put it on someone else and use someone else. So I don't want to miss that. But at the same time, like, you know, yeah, you, uh, you know, take care of your family, set a good example in your home, you know, keep, keep the inside of the cup clean over here so it can shine over here. Cause God, he'll build your church and keep your family strong. Like you can have both. Yeah. You should have both. Yep. And uh, yeah. I think it starts with the family for That's sure. Good man, That's so good. You like that? I like it. I like when people in church say "so good, so, so good, good. <laughs> so good." So, <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, going back, yeah. April or August third, we are launching. Yeah, season two. It's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. It's gonna be. I don't want to say better never because I really think last season was awesome. Like I'm literally getting text messages right now and it's been a year. People still listen to the podcast, which is why I love it. Like that we did it yeah. is it's so timeless. Yeah. Like the interview with Darren Waller, Bro. the tight end for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders overcoming drug addiction that like, dude, that's still going to be relevant 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Yep. Bruce Arians winning a Super Bowl, you know, in 50 years, if he passes away, like that's still going to be relevant. Yeah. It's timeless. I love it all. I thought you were saying for a second in, in 50 years, like he's that's like crazy long. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> that's I'll, good. That's good. I always Dude. give people more time because like, if they're ooh. listening, be like, what do you mean? I'm going to die in 10 years. <laughs> so I, got, I, I give them 50, 50. That's good. I'm living in triple digits, by the way, bro. I've already made my yeah. mind up. Look yeah. I'll, you, I'll probably see about 120, Look 125. You, good. I like that. It's possible. That's good. Yes, sir. Um, tell me about. I don't know, this might be an add-on. Mm -hmm. Titans. Tell me about your experience there. So last year was my first year as the announcer of the Titans. Yeah. The first game was a preseason game. Dude, can we back up a little bit? Yeah. To how that all started. And I'm not trying to take credit for myself, but it was the funniest thing. What? Because you like texted me, hey, man, I need you to come over right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Yeah. On a Saturday, and my wife texts me a screenshot of a Facebook ad that says, Titans are looking for a new announcer. She goes, dude, you better go for this. This has you written all over it. Dude. 
and I look and you have to make a video and submit yeah. it. My first calls to Eli, I go, dude, I need you like right now. And he goes, what's wrong? I go, I need to make a video. He's like, oh God, can't it wait? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to do an audition for the Titans. I need you to come over right now. Dude, and he's like a day of deadline, right? Day of deadline. Yeah. And Eli comes over and we shoot my little 60 second commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to make me your announcer for the Titans. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I got it. Dude. I went through the whole audition process and that was so good. Got it. And see, here's dude, here's a prime example of what we're talking about. And this might seem like a small thing to people like, well, does God really care if you're the announcer for the Titans? And the answer is yes. Yeah. He cares about everything. Yeah. What do you do with it? Because I know that I'm not just there to announce football games. I'm there to impact every single person around me for the kingdom of God. And my yep. voice carries weight, not just to fire people up in the stadium, but someone's going to hear me and be like, that guy's different. Yeah. And it's a, maybe it's a businessman that says, I want to have dinner with that guy. And maybe it leads to something else. And plus yep. I've had different promises and stuff spoken over me about this, that I'm not going to share because it's for me and it's private. But I'll tell you this is my very first game. I felt opposition. Yeah. I felt challenged and I wanted to quit. Was that preseason or was that? It was preseason okay. against the Chicago Bears. Yep. And a game that doesn't really mean anything. Right. It was my first go round. Oh, man. And dude, I said my first announcement. Because preseason, it's all backups. Yeah. Like I don't get to announce Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, right, right. and at the time, A.J. Brown. I'm yeah. announcing. The backups, yeah. Matt Leiner, uh, Logan Woodside. Right. People are like, who's that? Those are the backup quarterbacks for the Titans at the time. <laughs> so I had all my notes, I had everything all prepared, and I go, and it's our first series, and they're taking the field. I go, now starting at quarterback for your Tennessee Titans, number five, Logan Woodside. And the whole freaking sound booth, 20 people look at me. Uh, and my boss goes, no, it's Matt Leiner. Bro. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dude, that's my first announcement. Yeah. 30,000 people because it seats 70 and like half show up yeah, for yeah. preseason. 30,000 people. Yeah, no one noticed. Bro, no joke. <laughs> 30,000 people go. <laughs> this guy. Look up at the booth. And dude, 90% of them are freaking haters. Right, right. Because, dude, no one likes the guy that wins the dude, job. I was hoping the long haired guy would win. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, dude, he sucks. Why did he get it? Like, dude, right, you're right. gonna get haters right. when you yeah, win. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. part of the deal. And the guy before you, he's there for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah, like, so it's dude, like 25, 26 yeah. years. So it's like, you're, yeah, and you're never gonna be as good as following right. the legend, right, this and right. that. And it's like, dude, thirty thousand people wanting me to fail, yeah, and I freaking fail, <laughs> like in the dude. worst way. And I was just like, and dude, I felt anxiety oh, yeah. and panic. You know when you feel it, it oh, goes yeah. like it's, rushes from the top yeah. of your head to the bottom of your feet and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and everyone's looking at me and now it's like, well, dude, how's he going to recover? Right, right. And dude, everyone's thinking it. Yeah. The people in the stands, the ones that hate me that are laughing at me because right. I just failed, the ones that are rolling their eyes and my boss who hired me. Right. And his boss, John Robinson, our general manager, and Mike Vrabel, like, dude, everybody freaking heard me. Yeah. Like, I even saw Vrabel go like this, like, what? <laughs> oh, dude, it was terrible. Dude. So what'd you do? I felt the fear. Yeah. And I, dude, I, I don't experience stage fright. Yeah. Like I've sang on American Idol and Friday right. and 
churches and all this. And yeah. that. Like, dude, I don't get stage fright. Dude, I had full-on freaking stage fright like I was five years old again at a piano recital. And everyone's like, oh, dude, it was terrible. Yeah. And I was terrible. Really? Like oh, the whole, dude, whole game? Or? Oh, it got worse the whole first half <laughs> yeah. because I was having yeah. a full-blown anxiety attack. Yeah. And half of the viewers know what I'm talking about, and the other half have never experienced one. Yeah. Here's what I will say. It feels like an elephant is sitting on your chest. Yeah. You're breathing fast. You can't catch your breath. You're lightheaded. You're almost going to pass out. You feel dude. fear like you've never felt before, and you're praying that someone hits you over the head with a hammer and knocks you out. Right. Like, you just want to be out. Man. And as I'm announcing, it was so bad. It was like, uh, McAllister carries the ball for six yards. Dude. Tackle made by Jones. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was it was bad. Bro. And they're looking at me like, we hired the wrong dude. Right. Like it was not great. Yeah. And I just remember in my head praying, like for real praying, like as I'm getting through this and it was right before halftime, middle of the second quarter, I had decided in my heart that I was going to quit. Yeah. I, I made the decision, Dude. which I thought at the time, this is not for me. I gave it a shot. I got the job. Yep. I wasn't good at it. All these things. Right. Good reasons. Right. Dude, you made it. You got the job. It didn't work right. out. Like everything like, you know, and I didn't like the way I felt. I'm like, dude, this is not fun. I'm not going to have fun. Like, dude, I love my Titans. I love sitting in my awesome right. seats that I've had forever. And, and I'm like, I'd rather be down there with my wife and kids enjoying the game, not working. And oh, dude, all this stuff's going through like, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to quit. And yeah. it's still time because before season and, you know, the guy that, you know, was back up, he'll do a good job and this and that. And, and halftime came and I was just like, okay, just get through this game. Yeah. Like just get through this game and I'll never get, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it really happened. I'm in the urinal and I'm taking a pee before I have to go back in. And God told me, he goes, did I not tell you that I got this for you? Why are you entertaining quitting? Yeah. I didn't tell you to quit. Go out there and do, and then he just starts speaking to me, go out there and do this, 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 this. Yeah. And dude, as I'm thanking him. Because before I was complaining to him, like, get me out of this. I, I don't like it. You know. Right. And as I thought, thank you. I, I think there's a psalm that said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. I started encouraging myself in the Lord who was speaking to me at that time. And it was like a movie, like, a, just switch. And now I'm like. Got that halftime pep I'm talk. freaking out. Like almost like Sylvester Stallone and over the top. Yeah. yeah. When he would turn his. <laughs> like, dude, that's what yeah. I did. You know, so um, did you I got, come in and crush it the second half? Came in and freaking crushed it the second Bro. half. Yeah, yep. yeah, you did. Can't you know? It's so good. Foreman carries the ball for eleven yards for another Titan first down. Bro. Ho ho ho! First and ten from the twenty-two. Dude, like I love it. Just you know bring I mean? it, bringing it. Oh, dude! And by the time I was done, I was like. Thank you, Lord. I'm freaking awesome. I'm the best PA announcer in the history of PA announcers. Yep. I'm going to take over Roach's job for the Super Bowl. I'm going to announce a Super Bowl one year. Bruh. And yes, I'm saying that. I will PA announce a Super Bowl at least one, one awesome. year. I'm going to be the best thing that has ever touched the game of football and PA announcing. And dude, 
I just got better and better and better every week. We host the Bills Monday Night Football. Jeffrey Simmons stops him on the one-yard line because the stadium was so freaking loud. Yeah, buddy. Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey come and play us, and they only score three points on us. We right. completely shut them down because the stadium was so loud. Right. Miami Dolphins come in. They got to win to make the playoffs. We blow them out by 30 points because the stadium was so loud. Derrick Henry tweets, this is the best stadium ever it's so loud it's a different culture like dude we move the needle we end up being the number one seed in the afc we you know get a first round bye of course you know we play the Bengals and we lost which freaking sucked but dude the stadium was so loud and i'm like i did that that's awesome bro I put my fingerprint on that. I did that. I'm getting these people fired up. I'm in the game. I love it, dude. I'm in my zone. It is it is the funnest job I've ever had in my life. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. And it's not just about announcing for the Titans. Like I have goals that I want to be the best PA announcer yeah. in the history of the game. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. I'm not bagging on anybody else, but everybody else is going first down. Titans, right? First and ten from the twenty. Like, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please stand and rise for your national anthem. Right? Everyone's doing it that way, dude. I ain't freaking doing it that way. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your national anthem. Like, yeah, bringing it. I'm bringing it different, dude. And they're gonna, some are gonna hate me, and some are gonna love me, but I'm gonna freaking do it my way. Yeah, because I learned my lesson on American Idol when I tried to be somebody else and I got voted off. And there's people out there right now that are trying to fit in someone else's box, do a podcast like someone else does it, preach a sermon like someone else does it, play a song the way someone else does it, and you're compromising the gift and the talent that God put inside of you at the sake for trying to do it like someone else, and you will fail because God didn't create you to be somebody else he created you to be you that person already exists you don't god needs you and that's why you're here nine billion people on the planet none of them have your fingerprints you're born an original don't die a copy and that for me dude i'm gonna do it different than anybody else and i'm gonna let god be god and let the chips fall where they may it's the it's the funnest job i've ever had i cannot wait for this year it's so good gotta tweet that bro i love you (laughs) And don't miss the premiere of season two of Level Up Wednesday, August 3rd. We're going to release them every Wednesday from there on out, but we're going to air this for about the next three weeks so you can share this with your friend. Share it, send it out. You can get the feel for what this podcast is. If you've never heard it before, Level Up with Matt Rogers. Hit the like button, subscribe, please, and share it. Share it. Share it because we're going to do some really cool things in season two where we're going to incentivize people. We got clothes. We're going to send them swag. We're going to send them. And if you want to come to Nashville and watch your Raiders play or your Broncos play or your Cowboys play on Thursday night football or your Giants play, whatever it is, we're hosting them and we might be giving away some tickets and bringing them to Nashville and giving them the whole experience. That'd be awesome. Because we love our viewers. We love our listeners. We appreciate you so much. So please hit like, hit subscribe, hit share, and make sure you tune in and follow us for all the updates because we're going to premiere season two, Wednesday, August 3rd, Level Up season two. New look, new logo, new beard. (laughs) I love you, Eli. Yeah, buddy. Love you, bro. You're the best. Let's get it.